Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Pickney, and today I am joined by Dr. Vernon Schatz. Dr. Schatz, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for asking me, Jared. So we are neighbors. Um, I've known Zeke for a very long time. He's been on the podcast, uh, played tennis together, and uh, so I know I know your family, uh, but I don't know a lot of your backstory. I know a little bit, but not a lot. And so I'm curious. Uh, I want to know kind of how you got to where you are. And so I know you've been a pediatrician uh, for 45 years. You're actually the very first female physician in our county. Uh, but I don't know the backstory. Kind of tell me a, a little about kind of where you, you came from and, and how you got to where you are today. When I was in high school, one day dad said, what are you going to do when you get out of school? And I said, I don't really know. And he said, well, you have two cousins that are going to go to medical school. Donnie Greenway is one, and Bill Branch is another one. He said, you could consider that. So I thought, okay, I'll consider it. So I went to the University of Arkansas with an undeclared major, and I stayed that way the whole time I was there. But I took the pre-med classes, and I had a pre-med advisor who really liked me. His name was Dr. Sachs, and he was kind of a scary man to a lot of people, but for some reason, he liked me. Mm. And so he said he wanted me to go on and apply to medical school early. So I did my junior year, and I got accepted early and went on to medical school when I was about 20. Mm. So. Wow. Uh, I, I was, uh, in the class of 75, 1975, that's when I graduated. And then I went to Children's Hospital and UAMS for pediatrics. So now everything except nursery is exclusively at Children's. Uh, but back then it was about half and half. So I spent half my time at uh, UAMS and half my time at Children's. What do you think, Dr. Sachs, is that what you said? Yes. What do you think he saw in you? He said that other people were kind of int- intimidated by him, but he saw something in you. Do you know what that is? I was always very conservative, and I think he probably just liked the way I looked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't wear short dresses, and I usually, on purpose, wore a high neck dress when I went to see him. <laughs> and I might have even put on a brooch. <laughs> That's awesome. He liked that conservatism. Then. He he liked that I was conservative, and um, and I made really good grades. Well, so let's go back to you were you were born and raised in Paragold, right? I was. And your, what did your parents do? Because there's a connection with Big Star. There is a huge connection with Big Star. So I can start earlier than that. Sure. Um, my dad could sell pretty much anything to anybody. Mm. He grew up on a farm at Beach Grove, and they raised hogs and had a smokehouse, and they had chickens in the yard. And you talk about farm-to-table they went out, wrung the chicken's neck, plucked the feathers, fried it up, and ate it. That's the way you grew up? Well, that's the way he, he grew, grew up. He grew up, okay. It's the way he grew up. But there were nine, eight children, and he was the oldest of the eight, and my grandmother and his sisters were all excellent cooks. And uh, one of my branch uncles on the other side, my mom's side of the family, 
tells me over and over that one day he was invited to Sunday dinner out there, and he said there was so much food on the table, there was no room for him to put his elbows. Wow. So they raised and ate what they, what they raised. So he always knew about food and appreciated food. And mm. then when I was a little girl, he was a butcher at Quarter Grocery Store, which would be across from the post office now. Wow. Um, I don't know how long that store was there. I don't remember it very long. But my memory is I walked in, and he had on a white butcher apron and a butcher hat, a tall white butcher hat, and he was back there slicing up something. <laughs> and so from there, he went to uh, Mayrose Meat Company as a meat salesman, and he did that for much of my elementary. Was that out of Paragold? No, okay. they were in Missouri, maybe St. Louis okay. or Kansas City. Okay. And um, so he had a big district, and he would leave home about 4 in the morning and drive to the furthest point and sell meat all the way back home. So he did that for a number of years, and he, he was usually one of the top salesmen, and sometimes Mom and I would go with him to um, – to the company um, get-togethers, mm. and he would always come home with watches, candy, wow. prizes, a big picture of himself. That's awesome. So, so that went on for a number of years. And then he went to work for Gene Stimson. Gene Stimson, uh, it was called Gene Stimson's Grocery Store. It's where 1812 Pizza Company is right now. But that was a very fancy grocery store. Can you imagine a grocery store being on Pruitt Street no, today? No, absolutely not. Well, it was at the end of Pruitt Street, and it was really nice. You know, brick on the outside with the glass like it is now. It was brick on the inside. Very pretty store. One story like it is right now? Yes, mm-hmm, one story. Um, then Dad got to be... I guess the next person under Gene who expanded his grocery business tremendously. Um, he opened another store in Paragould, the uh, where a General Dollar General is uh-huh. now at Second and Main. Yes, that was the second store. Then he opened uh, one or two stores in Jonesboro, opened a store in Blyville, West Memphis, made his way into Memphis, and then. He opened, it was called Dixie Mart, and it was a super big store, kind of like, um, well, I think you could think of it like the grocery part of Walmart now. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he had two Dixie Marts, and then he opened in Meridian, Mississippi. So it just kept expanding and expanding. Well, at that point, Dad was leaving home on Monday mornings and coming home on Saturday night. And after a while, none of us could stand that. Uh Gene wanted us to move to Memphis, and my mother was a paragool girl, (laughs) country girl. She said, no, 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 that'll never Mm -hmm. work. She didn't even want to move to Sunset Hills when that was opened up. She thought that was too far out of town. (laughs) Uh So uh, we did not move to Memphis, uh, but Dad asked Gene if he would let him buy the Paragool stores. And mm. he did. So, and you were probably how old at that point? 
Uh, I think this was 1963, so okay. I would have been 13. Okay. Um, so he had two stores then. He had the uh, Gene Stimps, and it was changed to Vern Williams Big Star. Mm-hmm. That one on Pruitt Street, the second and main store. And then in 1970, he opened the Paragool Plaza, uh, which is everyone knows as Hayes except yes. me. Yep. I call it Big Star. When you said that, when was that one opened? 1970. 1970. Yes. So uh, then to differentiate the stores, oh, and he opened Hayes on the east side and closed the one on Pruitt Street. So we called them, the Plaza store was Big Star. Second in Maine was Little Star, and the other store was Eastern Star. Wow. So that's how we differentiated. Yeah. What do you think, because we were talking about this a little bit whenever you first got here, and I think you said you even have a list of some of the people who've worked there. Like, I know just in this podcast in the last couple of years, we've had um, several leaders who have all worked, like community leaders that have been at Big Star. And so you have – you know, Josh Agee, our mayor, you have Chris Brengard, you have Brad Snyder, you have uh, Danny Ford. You have a list there, I think, of some others. I mean, I'd love to hear. I do. Who um, else is on it? Well, Mike Gaskell. That's right. And and Mike became a manager and worked in the grocery business for a number of years until he became mayor, I believe. Um, let's see. Mickey Higgins. David Lang. Is Mickey Higgins the Higgins drawer? No. Who is Mickey Higgins? I'm no. trying to remember who. Um, Vernon Higgins was his dad, and Maxine Higgins was his mom. Okay. All right. And so Lang was a fire, right? Uh, no. Who's he was, he was, he's, was in, was he county judge? He's county judge. Oh, okay. Judge. All right. Yeah. Um, J.M. Fryer was a classmate of mine, and he I don't know if he did something else, but by the time I came back to Paragould, he was working in the meat market at the Plaza store, and he retired there. Mm. So some people made it their life's uh, work. Another one that did was um, Jerry Blunt, Doyle Blunt. Um, anyway, the the Blunt brothers worked there most of their life and in fact one of them was the uh manager at the plaza for a long time i don't know the blunt brothers either did they make a career out of yes working there okay yes so dennis abel um is one who worked there through high school and and college and then he went on to uh, become an engineer and ran Lincoln Company in uh, Jonesboro, and then he got into insurance and worked at. At uh, he ran an insurance company in Jonesboro. Uh, John Shoemaker became a school principal. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sam Williams was a police officer. Danny Giles worked at Wonder Bread. Uh, I think his dad worked there. David Giles worked at the post office. He he was a postal carrier. Mm. Tommy Smalling. Mm. You know Tommy. I know the Smalling family. Tommy okay. is is um, with Jacob? Is Jacob? Yes. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, Tommy's my age. We went okay. to school yeah, together. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jerry Cunningham worked there a long time, and I think after he retired from his other job, he went back to uh, 
the Perigo Plaza and worked some. And then he started working at Walmart in the grocery department. So, What do you think it is about Big Star that, first off, I guess, attracted those type of people? But then do you feel like there was something about Big Star that helped form them? That Did it create in them a work ethic? Did it teach them sort of values? I mean, what is it about that it seems like so many people who have um, yeah, been in leadership positions or just in, in kind of, I guess, in, in somewhat just important or prominent positions in our community? It's not a coincidence, I don't think, that they're at Big Star. What do you think the tie is? Like, what do you think they learned from their time there that was beneficial later in life? I think you hit on a lot of things. I think it's a combination, not any one thing. Uh, but I think that um, the young guys who worked there were sackers. You know, at that time, they sacked the groceries. They carried them out and put them in the person's car. Um, and so they started out doing that. They also took inventory late at night on Saturday nights, sometimes all night, mm. and they stocked the shelves. So they worked hard. They worked hard. And I think, you know, once you get into that mode and also they were so connected with the shoppers that uh, they got to be people persons. Mm. So I think that a lot of them continue to like to to talk to people, hear their stories, mm -hmm. even if it's just good day. I hope you have a good day, you know, carrying your groceries out, uh, making a little small talk. But the other thing is times were very different then. There were not that many places to work. We didn't have fast food at mm. that time. I think the Dairy Queen was probably the mm -hmm. first um, and I remember that it seems like we got a McDonald's maybe in the 70s. Um, and so all these fast food places who nowadays hire a lot of young people were not here. Walmart wasn't even here. When my dad opened the plaza in 1970, Walmart was just moving in. There was a theater where Batten's, Oh, yeah. Is? Yeah. Okay. Next to the theater was a, a small Walmart store. Mm -hmm. and Did that make him nervous when they came in? Yes. He had a conversation with Sam Walton, and uh, at that time, uh, they only had milk and bread there. But he went up to the, across the parking lot and said, Hey, Sam, you can't have milk and bread here because I have milk and bread. And he, he backed off. Did he really? Time. He backed off. He took it out. Wow. But uh, I don't remember when a bigger Walmart happened and when they really started carrying groceries. I thought you were going to say that he went to Sam Walton. He's like, hey, what you're doing will never work, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to work. Well, that too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was. But, man, it's it's a big star now. Hayes has stood the test of time. And I think these these lessons – that it teaches like it's or has taught it's very important like if you have someone who works hard and they know how to relate to people they're going to be successful mm -hmm. i think so i mean i mean iq is important sure and all those kind of things but i mean it's hard to yeah it's it's hard to beat hard work and just being able to build some trust with people uh -huh. you know and so that makes a, a lot of sense i'm curious what is it that you think made big star so special in your eyes 
Several things. One is that my dad loved to walk the aisles, and he loved to stand at the front door and greet each and every person. He would shake the hands of the adults, and for the children, he had a big, round candy display, individually wrapped candy, and he would often treat the little children with candy. Mm -hmm. So he loved doing that. But he also had some really big special events. Somehow... He got Cardinal baseball players to come in the off-season to Paragol to the Big Star Mm. and sign autographs. I've never heard that. Red Shandies. Uh I don't know Uh if you know these Uh people, but he was one of the early ones. And I was off on a band trip. But Dad asked him to sign an autograph for me, and he misunderstood my name. He put two Dern Ann. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That do you still have it? I do. That's great. Uh, now, he did a second one for me with uh, Vern Ann on it, so I appreciated that. Um, Tim McCarver came. Oh, yeah. So and, and he was not married at the time. He brought his girlfriend. His girlfriend hung out with Mom all day. I was at a band trip again. They went to buy my homecoming dress for me. So <laughs> what a crazy story. Uh, and then at, and he had many baseball players come, many. Um, at Christmas time, Santa landed from a helicopter at the Paragol Plaza and gave out treats. With like more than one year or was yes, that? Yes, more than one year. Whose helicopter? How did that come from? I don't know the details of it. Uh, well, it came from the North Pole, obviously. Well, yeah, sure. It's a stupid question. Uh, but uh, I don't know if that was Santa's helicopter or what. <laughs> but in, he had some things that really made it exciting. Mm. And then my his dad, my grandpa, uh, barbecued at Second and Main. And like... Oh, my dad, he was a meat person. He knew how to barbecue. He knew how to smoke things. And he had delicious barbecue, especially on, on Saturdays. And also, we sold nickel hot dogs on Saturdays. And I did that. Um, I had them in a big white cooker. I took them out, put them in the bun, wrapped them in this white parchment paper. And that's when we had a lot of... Uh, transient workers through here to to work in the crops in the fields Mm. and uh, so on on Saturdays farmers would come and buy 20 or 40 hot dogs at a time so I was just wrapping hot dogs (laughs) to my heart's content I couldn't eat one for a little while but (laughs) but I love them again now (laughs) what an incredible life like I'm hearing you explain your childhood I'm like this sounds like a movie it's incredible um I'm curious for you, did you personally work in Victoria? Did you have, were you able to avoid it? I was wondering when you were going to ask me that. <laughs> yes, I did, sort of. Um, Mom and Dad never really wanted me to get tied down to a job. Their, their philosophy was that I have the rest of my life to work. Mm. And when I was growing up, they wanted me to fully participate in school and extracurricular activities. Mm. I was always in the band. I was a majorette. And you went and uh, you did that in college as well, right? I did. I did. 
Uh, I took piano lessons, dancing lessons. Um, I was in the Latin club, and I went to the National Latin Club Convention in Arizona. Wow. So, any. Anyway, I I feel like I really did as much as I possibly could. Sure. I was not one to sit around and do nothing. And when I had nothing better to do, I went to Big Star and worked. Mm. I never got paid that I know mm. of. I never expected to get paid. It was just, that's what I'm going to do this afternoon. What a different world as our kids would be like, <laughs> okay, where's the screen? <laughs> Well, the first day, the very first day that I worked, I was a checker, and a woman came up to me, and she said, honey, aren't you a little young to do this? And so I got through that transaction, and I said, hey, Dad, you got to move me. (laughs) I don't want to do this. So he said, okay, let's go to the meat market, and that was perfect for me. What did you do in the meat market? Well, I wrapped meat and put it out Hmm. in the case, so we wrapped that cellophane around the hamburger Mm -hmm. meat or whatever, Mm -hmm. and uh, Tim Hunt's mom, I don't know if you knew Tim Hunt, he was a dentist here. His mother worked back there. Her name was Norma, and she was hilarious. She kept me going all day, and and we were such good friends. We even played tennis after work. That's where Zeke gets it from then. I don't uh, know. Well, he wouldn't tell you that because I was never very good. (laughs) uh, And my uncle was the head butcher back there, so I had it made back there. So I just went in and, you know, would work four hours and, then go do something else. But um, that that kept me from having any downtime. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you definitely got your taste of the big star life. What I is, did. Did you go to school at Paragold? Yes. Where was the uh, was the high school building, the one that's kind of behind my house now? Is that where, or was it just a junior high then? Well, at that time, we moved into that building in at semester of seventh grade. Okay. So I went seventh through ninth there. Okay. And then moved out to where the high school is now for tenth grade. Okay. So I walked to school um, until I got in the tenth grade. Where did you live? On up. Main Street. Well, I lived on Seventh Street. I've always lived within two blocks, if you can believe that. Not many people can say that. Absolutely not. Especially if they've been the yeah in the same place for that. So Seventh Street. What house? 315 South 7th, the alley there by the Presbyterian Church, uh-huh. there's a brick house where Hewlin and Beverly Cup and Mary Lee Cup lived, Okay, and I lived in the next house, uh, a small white house. Same side of the Presbyterian if you're yes. heading uh, south, second, yes. pass on the left there. Yes. And is that the house you lived in your whole life, or did y'all move? I lived there until, we were in the tenth, until I was in the 10th grade, and that's when... Um, the lot where my parents built on Main Street, it was just an empty lot. And for most of what I can remember, the grass was grown up to thigh high. Mm-hmm. And Dad always said, somebody in St. Louis owns that lot. I don't know. I guess so. But uh, anyway, he and Mom really wanted to build a house, and they looked at houses. And like I said, Mom didn't want to live out all the way to Sunset Hills. so <laughs> Which was a, like probably one of the nicest neighborhoods in Paragold at one point, right? It was, it was new and yeah. nice, but oh so far away from the middle of town. <laughs> yeah. You know, several blocks yeah. from the middle of town. So um, 
this uh, lot became available, and it's not directly across from you, but the next one, kind of an orange room. Yes, yeah, it's uh, where um, Bob and Kathy Mitchell live now. Yes, yes, that's the house they built in uh, 1966. Yes, it so, has a very 1966 look to it, <laughs> Yes, which I love. Mid-century modern. Very mid-century. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So we didn't hire anybody to help us move. We just carried our things down the alley and put them in the new house. And then the bigger things, Dad just got the boys from Big Star. Dennis Abel tells the uh, story that they had to somehow get a piano. I had a baby grand piano. And uh, he said, your mother made me turn my belt buckle around so I wouldn't scratch it. (laughs) That's awesome. Did you still play? I do. I do. Now, I don't practice often, uh, but um, I actually had a piano scholarship to U of A. It's incredible. So music was always a big part of my life, and I still am crazy about it. Are crazy about playing it or like listening to it or both? More listening. um, I, I like singing too i i'm not a singer but i love music did zeke and martin did they uh take on that musical or that love for music or no? yes i did okay yes they did don't ask zeke <laughs> i've never in my life known that he has any sort of interest in oh i'm so sorry you haven't heard him he started suzuki violin lessons when he was three zeke shots i know you're listening to this i expect <laughs> To hear you play violin before the end of the week. Well, he could, and he has, I think, a pretty much perfect ear. When he was in eighth grade, he was away at school, and um, that's right. He went to is it like math and science, or what did he do? He went to the oldest elementary boarding school in the United States called Fay, the Fay School. Uh, outside of Boston in Southboro, Massachusetts. I did not know that. I was thinking he like went to the school here in Hot Springs. I guess mm-hmm. it was Hot Springs, where it is. There is. One How did there. that come about? Because that's unique. It is unique. Uh, it it was his idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, he felt like he wanted to go to a harder school. If mm-hmm. you can believe that, I do believe uh, that he was pretty motivated, and uh, so. We looked into it. We took him to an education consultant in Memphis when we were trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. And so he sent us to a few schools to check, and we wound up there. And it was a great year for Zeke. Um, He was what age, did you say? He's in the eighth grade. Okay. Uh, Every nine weeks, they changed roommates, and he had several from Asia. Uh, Asian roommates. At Christmas, he came home with a suitcase full of noodles. He didn't think he could do without <laughs> uh, for two weeks till he got back at school. Uh, but he took violin lessons through ninth grade, or at least the first semester of ninth grade. So he took while he was there. And then the next year, he went to school in Alexandria, Virginia, one semester. And when he came home, he said, I don't really want to go back. So we said, that's fine. Let's go register. And so he came back to Paragold. Yes. I, said, yes. I did not know any of that. Because we didn't, I didn't really get to know Zeke until high school. Uh-huh. So that was already behind him. Right. Um, 
Yeah, he just apparently followed in your footsteps. You're an overachiever with the music <laughs> and the, the <laughs> academics. Are you worried about his trip to the Buffalo River? I am. You going to make sure he wears his helmet and all that? Helmet, mouth guard, <laughs> life vest, knee pads. Take protection, you know, sunscreen, <laughs> lots of sunscreen. Yeah, you're going to need that, Zeke. And so I appreciate you looking out for him like that. Somebody's got to do it. You know, our mother just can't quit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got you to gotta make sure he's safe, that he's protected. Um, the school, the old junior high that's behind our building, if anybody is listening to this and they've listened to this podcast for more than like three months, they know that I... Uh, if, if I ever hear anybody mention anything about the junior high building, what do I do? You're a little obsessed about this. I really am. <laughs> and I don't know why exactly, but so, you know, obviously where I live, the bricks around our house are from the old junior high building, which is one of the things that made me really excited about buying that house. Okay. If you walk into our, see our front, if you walk through our front door, there's a massive print of uh, just a photo of that old junior high building oh. to me it's like my favorite building in paragold history and so i mean the courthouse is right there with it but it's still mm-hmm. standing so it doesn't mm-hmm. have quite that like mm-hmm. you know romanticism about it what was it like in that building for you um everyone i've asked the question to has been like yeah it wasn't as glamorous as you probably think it is would you agree with that or did you no. feel like it was pretty okay magical tell me about Loved it see it. this is why <laughs> i asked the question when i was a little girl I loved to walk up and down steps, and we did not have any stairs at our house, so mom would take me to the high school, the high school then, mm-hmm. and I would just walk up and down those steps. Uh, that's what we did in the evenings for fun. Uh, but going to school there, I loved it. Um, there was um, a nice auditorium uh, with a stage, and um we put on Latin club plays there. When you walk in, get my help me with my imagination. When you walk in, what do you see when you walk through the front doors? Well, How, what was the layout to, like? To the left was the principal's office and a secretary. And it was sort of like she had a counter, like a bar. And then uh, Mr. Williams' office was back in the back. L.L. Williams was my principal. His son, Russell, was a classmate of mine, Mm. and I was really good friends with Russell. Mm. Um, Beverly Cup, that was our next-door neighbor, also was the school secretary. So she was always right there, which made me feel good. I knew somebody uh, if I needed her. Yep. Uh, Then there was a wall with a trophy case, and behind that was the auditorium uh, with the stage. That was kind of in the sitting in the middle of the building. Yes, uh huh. And then off to the sides were the classrooms. And there were st- two levels, right? Yes. So what was in the second floor? Just more classrooms. Just more classrooms. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where study hall was. Okay. No central heat and air, obviously. I don't. It was like guess. open the windows, from what I remember. That's you what, know, I, it always seemed fine to me. I never remember being hot or cold. You were just focused on the academics. That's all, <laughs> that's all your mind was. Yeah. And so tell me this. you When you graduated, eventually you decide, okay, yeah, maybe I'll try this whole, you know, maybe I'll become a physician. Maybe I'll become a doctor. Like, what is it about that that appealed to you in the, in the beginning? Do you remember when you think back that you were like, because it's one thing to be like, yeah, I could probably do that if I wanted to do it. But like, I'm guessing there was also an appeal to it that you're like, I think like I would enjoy doing that. What was it about becoming a doctor and specifically a pediatrician that really piqued your interest? People. 
people. Mm. I like to hear people's stories. Uh, and and that's what an office visit's all about for me. Um, mm. People come in, tell me their story. It may just be that, you know, he's been sick for one day and this is what's happened. But it's a story. And then I take it and try to, f- you know, fix it right. Mm. Uh, so I like their stories. And uh, children are known for getting sick quickly, but getting well quickly. So that's very rewarding when you see them one day and they're just laying on the couch, can't move, mm-hmm. and the next day they're ready to go swimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is is Mari more like you? She have more of your personality? Do people say that? I, yes, okay. I think she does. Yeah, yeah, I mean, both your kids are very personal, but yeah, I mean, I've I've seen Mari a couple times, and and she always strikes me that way with her bedside manner of she wants to sit down. She's ha- she she comes across as if she's genuinely happy to see you, like when you come in, and um, and you have that same you know demeanor and personality, and I think that means a lot to people uh, to go and feel like, especially when you're bringing your kid, it's like what's more important to you if you're a parent, right, than your child, right? And it's like to know like this person isn't just like okay, get in and out. I don't really care. It's like no, I genuinely care about you. I care about your kid. Like that means a whole lot to people, and so um, I don't think that's something that can be taught. It's like either you got it or you don't. And so that's really cool to know that you got into this for the people because it's very much a people-oriented job. It is. It is. What have you learned in that profession as you look back over your now 45 years? uh, I'm curious, what are some lessons you've learned, not necessarily about the health world, but just could be that, um, or just life in general? What do you think you'll take away from that time? It's really important to listen to people, Uh, listen to what they say. Parents will tell you what's wrong with their child almost. They Mm. may not know what to call it, but if you take a really good history, they'll tell you what's wrong uh, Mm. a lot of the times. So that's one thing. Uh, And I think um, giving people time, giving your own family time, giving your children time is really important. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very, very important. Um, We talk about that a lot here. My wife and I will reflect on that some of just, I think it's like, especially in our culture, we're very, very busy, you Mm -hmm. know, people. And I mean, and I think it's easy to always give so many other people our time and our kids get our leftovers. And then it's like, you feel guilty about it. It's like, well, let's just, let's buy them something (laughs) or, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you can't, you can't replace the time piece, the present piece, just being in their lives and and that listening. You know, we had Sonia Fonciello. She's been on twice now. Uh-huh. And um, that was one of the things that I was surprised to take away from my conversation with her is just when I asked her, like, what she's learned. She basically said the same thing is be a good listener uh-huh. because if you'll just listen to people, you'll learn so much. And I feel like in our culture, we're not always great at listening, especially in the world of social media. We're great at giving our opinion. Um, Mac and I tried so hard to be with the children uh, as much as we could. Um, so much so that Zeke says he was a regular at the hospital every Saturday morning. <laughs> so he and Mari both uh, would go in the doctor's library and maybe one of us, Mac or me, would stay with them while the other one made rounds. Then we'd swap. Mm. Uh, but they would be crawling around under the desk. Uh, we'd go to the cafeteria. But 
sometimes they would go to the nurse's station, especially Mari, and draw on the board, mm. the whiteboard, while I was finishing up rounds. And so they spent a lot of time at the hospital. That's where the premiere of Zeke's big movie was in high school, was at the hospital. <laughs> that's right. And so, right. and obviously they, they, uh, they had a big impact on them because that's the career path they chose. And now they're <laughs> in the same medical world. Did you, I'm curious, like during, like when you look back at that time, um, what do you feel like that maybe kids miss now? Is there, is there anything that maybe you wish if you could encourage kids to do that, that, that there's something maybe back from your childhood that, that, yeah, that we're just missing out on now because things have evolved. Anything that comes to your mind? I think we have, we are losing creativity mm -hmm. uh, by too much screen time mm -hmm. and we're losing social skills. Mm -hmm. So I just uh, was amazed when Mari was in college at the University of Arkansas, I would visit her and walk campus and nobody looked at me. We looked at each other and smiled and said hi. And nobody does that anymore. They're looking at their phone. Uh, so I think that's really unfortunate. Is I, the, do you give, <clears throat> like from your perspective, I know you probably try to never tell like a parent, hey, here's what you should do. Not, but like as far as screens, it seems like there are studies that are coming out now that are saying the quicker a kid gets a screen in front of them, the worse their mental health will be as an adult. Like, would you also line up there being like, hey, like, wait before you start putting a smartphone and mm -hmm. your kid's hands in a so Like, what seems to be an appropriate age? Or does it differ? I would say age two. and Age two, with a, no, like on a smartphone, what would you say? Oh, oh. I, I'm not sure about that. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about an iPad. Okay, or, yep. Uh, and then limit screen time to two hours a day. Okay. And more than two hours a day. That's good to know. I think we're on track with that. Okay. Most days. Most days. So, well, I, there's so many more questions that I feel like I would I would like to ask you. And, and this has been uh, really, really helpful. But um, I think I'll move into our rapid fire questions if you're ready to answer those. I'll try. All right. What is the last book you read or the last movie or show that you watched? The last movie I went to was Mario Brothers. I took my uh, grandchildren. Good one. It was actually Chris, I think, went and did that, didn't you? Very Mario Brothers? Yeah, I saw it with my boys. They loved it. Yeah, I liked it. Mm, it's a good one. Um, I'm really excited to hear this one now that I know that you've got a, a musical background. What is your favorite band or artist? Well, my favorite band... Um, maybe Paragol High School Band. Does that Ooh, count? Ooh, that does count. They've okay. got a good one. Okay, they do. What? But what about if it wasn't the Paragol High School Band? Like, what about like just if there was a record you were going to put on? Okay. Well, I love Frank Sinatra. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to see Elton John, mm. and uh, just two weeks ago, I went to see James Taylor. Ooh, you do have a good taste in music. <laughs> Um, and I know why you like the Paragol Band, only because they're good, but uh, Richie came on our podcast, and he's a big Frank Sinatra fan. Oh, good. So, there you go. Some influences in there that must be coming <laughs> through. Um, what is your favorite meal? Lamb Besides chops. hot dogs. Oh, lamb chops. Lamb chops with mint jelly. Mint jelly? Oh, yes. You have to have mint jelly. I've never, ever heard of mint jelly. It's delicious with lamb chops or roast 
or pork Where roast. do you get mint and jelly? Can you get that at the store? You can buy it at the store, or if you come to my house, I might have some that Mac Shots made. Are you serious? We yeah. we had some mint. I like mint tea. Mm-hmm. I like mint most anything. In fact, we are obsessed with mint. We like mint chocolate chip ice cream. Um, didn't y'all do like, um, didn't y'all have, uh, what was it? Like you had, I don't know, was it blackberries or something? Yes. For yes. a while. Did the weather take those out? Unfortunately, yes. That's a bummer. Because uh-huh. y'all have had those for a long time, right? We have. Mac has replanted those. I don't know how long it'll be before we get some, but right now we have apple trees that are flourishing and peach trees. That actually produces apples and peaches? Yes. The apple trees are Arkansas blacks. They look like a plum. They're very dark. Delicious. Huh. Arkansas black. How old are those trees? Because they've got to be pretty mature. No, no, they're not old at all. Uh, Maybe five years. We started getting fruit at least the third year, and the apples will last a year. Really? Mm-hmm. Arkansas Mac, Black, I've never heard of that. Mac has, or mint jelly. <laughs> Mac has also pretty much perfected an apple pie. I'll have to get him to make you one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sitting there thinking, like, could y'all adopt me maybe as, <laughs> We'd as, love child, to. as a child? We'd love so, to. That's incredible. Um, all right. that's I never heard of that, so that's good. Uh, tell me, what is on your nightstand right now? Um, always my cell phone. Always paper and pen um, and reading glasses. So I get a lot of calls at night. I have to write things down. Mm-hmm. I used to keep books there, but... No longer. No longer. I, I don't have room for anything else. <laughs> do you like to read? I do. Are I you do. more, what do you like to read? Are you fiction, nonfiction? Um, well, actually, I, I don't read much for pleasure. Okay. I read pediatric journals mm-hmm. um, yeah. all the time. It takes me all month to read that month's journals, mm-hmm. and then it's time for the next month. But I used to be in a book club at the library, and I loved it. And um, um, no particular um, area that I like to read more than another. Okay. I do have two questions that are not a part of Rapid Fire. Can I do that, Chris? You're allowed. Okay. One, this is uh, probably more controversial, not meant to be, and then the other one is not. Like, First off, I'm guessing you are absolutely about your pro-vaccine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because, you know, that's, that's, I mean, maybe that's always been a movement, but it seems like it's become more and more lately. I'm just like, oh, if you vaccinate your kids, there's all kinds of issues later, that sort of thing. But you would say no evidence necessarily that would support that. Correct. That's what I assumed. And then another question I have, maybe you never thought about this. Over 45 years, I would imagine there's some things that have changed in how we care for kids. Is there anything that comes to mind that you think of that maybe at one point we did not know that has been a game changer that we've now learned later on anything that maybe even it's like at one point we thought it was good for kids and now we're like, Oh, that's not good for kids or vice versa. Does that make sense? Or has it all been pretty much like, no, it's all kind of information. Things have changed so much. Um, when I was in school, we had not heard of HIV. I mean, it's drastic, drastically changed. Um, Newborns are so different now, and and that changes rapidly. Like um, 
how many weeks gestation can this baby survive? Uh, maybe uh, definitely 26, maybe 23. Um, mm. So that's changed uh, dramatically. One thing, though, that I'm interested in and, and I practice is uh, with autism. When I was in my early years of practice, I had one patient with autism. Mm. And now there's like one in 44 to one in 54. Wow. So I think a lot of it is uh, we just didn't diagnose it. We thought, you know, that child's just not quite like everybody else. They're a little out of the norm, but, you know. Everybody else just thought they were a little weird yeah. when really now we can say, oh, that, that child has autism. You have any questions about that, Chris? Yeah, I was like, do you actually see that kids are different now or is it, yeah, just more are labeled as on the spectrum or is it like, yeah, I actually do see more. Obviously, there's a higher population now than there was. Our growth has happened, but. I think it's both. Um, autism is supposed to be environmental and genetic, and some things that influence the genetics may be uh, what's going on with the mom during gestation. Like, um, I'll give you one example. Um, we've had such uh, an explosion of overweight people, and uh, gestational diabetes is supposed to be a risk for <laughs> autism. Mm. So you just wonder how much does that play a part in it mm -hmm. but there are over a hundred genes that have been found to be involved and uh, when MRIs of brains of of six-month-olds have been uh, checked they are different in the children who have autism mm. Mm. fascinating yeah all right next question give us or I guess yeah maybe more of a statement um, give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy? Swimming in my pool. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You have a pool. Yes. My wife had to go to the doctor recently, and she talked to your husband because we have a pool now. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, great. it's a lot of work, isn't it? <laughs> and she was like, yes, it is. So I'm going to have to hit you up for all right, mint jelly, <laughs> apple pie. Mm-hmm. And pool tips mm -hmm. off air at some point. Uh, ask Mac. <laughs> Probably the, on all those. He's my pool boy. Yeah, that's he's a good pool boy. How often do you swim? Well, sometimes it's amazing. Uh, if I am home, I will often go to the pool at daylight at five thirty mm -hmm. and stay in till about seven thirty. If I have a long lunch hour, I go at lunch and then I go again at night. Wow. Do you are you swimming laps? Or are you oh, just hanging out? I, I don't just sit there or anything. I don't get on a float. So I am swimming, but I swim slowly. Sure. Yeah. And I just swim across. Our pool's not that big. Yeah. Uh, but I like just swimming from one side to the other. That's great. And I think a lot when I'm, when I'm there. I think, you know, I, sometimes I think I get some really great ideas. Mm -hmm. And I go in and tell Mac, and he says, oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> no, he's, he's often very encouraging, and sometimes if I overrule what he thinks anyway. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but it's a good place for me to think. 
Yeah, that's great. That inspires me to want to get out there, see if I can get some good ideas. Mm-hmm. All right, last question. What is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? My family and God. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Dr. Schatz, thanks so much for making space to come on. It's been great being able to hang out with you. I learned a lot new about you <laughs> and Zeke, about your family, more about this city. And so... Thank you so much um, for what you've done. You are a great gift to our community, to many people, your whole family is. And so our city is literally, I mean, we're better because of you and your family. And so thank you so much. uh, And uh, it's been great having you on today. That's very kind of you to say that. I think Paragold is better because you are here. Thank you very much. All right. And Dr. Schatz has left the building Learned all kinds of things about my neighbor. Yeah, that I didn't know before. Really cool. Incredibly interesting life. Yeah. Um, uh, I also, by the way, um, grocery store worker. Not a big store though. Bills Fresh Market, Mark really? Tree, Arkansas. In Mark Tree. Yeah. Pushed down uh, shopping carts and loaded up ladies' trunks and stuff like that. How does that uh, compare to producing the podcast? Uh, this is a lot more fun. Okay. Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that. Hey, if you're still listening, thanks so much for tuning in. If you've not already done so, please check us out on our different social media platforms. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. Um, Also, however you're listening to this, it's on Spotify or Apple. Give us a five-star rating. That just helps people to find us more quickly and learn about the incredible people living here. And coming up very soon a we're going to be on our food tour is it a week well by the time this post it'll be like one week okay that's incredible so we are uh visiting the different local restaurants with our mayor josh ag and so just highlighting it'll be i guess one a day right starting in july july 1st we'll uh, have one video day released on our facebook page and um yeah it'll be a lot of fun getting to celebrate the different uh local restaurants learning about the the managers or the owners uh some of their favorite dishes and so uh be on the lookout for that as always we really appreciate you listening until next time